This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Hosted by Roscoe, the fanalist, Subby, Beaner, and Darty Broder. Woohoo! Welcome back, welcome back. Leafs win. Austin Matthews is the best player in the world. It's another night. Welcome to Leafs Late Night. I'm joined by uh, Beaner and the fanalist. We're here to celebrate. Thanks for joining us. So with his 55th goal, Austin Matthews becomes the highest scoring in a single season Leaf ever. And with his 56th, becomes the highest scoring American-born player ever. So holy moly. Congratulations to AM34. And thank you for your service. (laughs) So let's jump in. He is incredible. You know what? Let's just talk about Austin Matthews for a bit. (laughs) I'm game. Banner, you start. You were jumping in there. Well, just it's 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 interesting, especially for someone like me who loves history so much. It's it's almost not believable the fact that we're able to witness it. Normally, we're talking about history, and it's exactly that. It's history. It happened when my dad was my age, or when my dad was my son's age. Like my <laughs> my dad was uh, what was he four when the Leafs last won the cup? Like. <laughs> it, 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 we, we talk about with this franchise we talk about history and it's like i said exactly that to be able to witness it and it be actually something good not oh leaf's longest drought without winning a first round series or you know that kind of garbage like this is this is incredible this is what pittsburgh has felt like with lemieux and yager and crosby this is what washington's felt like with ovechkin um the oilers was like the list goes on and on. We haven't had a chance to get this as Leaf fans in forever. Yeah, exactly. It's, it feels so good. Steph, take it. Uh, so good. Uh, words can't describe besides almost crying in tears of joy because this is what a time to be alive and to be a Leafs fan, just like you're saying, Beaner. Any other time from our childhood, we just have flashbacks of, for example, Sandine or, you know, those core players that has stuck in our minds forever. But right now in our adulthood, it's just, I don't know, you just kind of sit back, watch and you're like, wow. And Jake Muzzin was talking to the media about this and his experience sitting in the press box out with the concussion and he simply didn't have words either. So, yeah, I'm speechless. It's great. Just to add to the history making here, if Austin Matthews scores Saturday against Montreal, fingers crossed, that will make 50 goals in 50 games. Are you joking? Yeah. We're not talking about a point per game. We're talking about a goal per game in his last 50. Are you shitting me? Like what? Too bad it wouldn't be official though. Why is that? Because of a suspension? Uh, suspension and that he didn't start the first couple games of the season when he was healing off his wrist. Because technically the quote-unquote 50-50 and 50 for the record books, it has to be the team's 50th game as well. Oh. Eh, that's okay. Hmm. In our hearts, he makes it, you know? Oh, absolutely. So uh, let's jump La- into the game. Last player to do that, by the way, was Brett Hall in 91-92. Oh, fun. Glad you know that. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. That's why we got you. Um, so William Nylander opens the scoring with his 24th of the season for Ilya Mikheyev, seven minutes into the game. Uh, I 28. was watching this. Some... Sorry. 
28th of the season or 27th of the season. You said 24. Our boys are almost at 30 apiece. It says 24 here on ESPN's score thing that I'm looking at. Oh, well. 28? Then they're yeah. wrong. Yeah, it's, <laughs> isn't it 28? Pick a number, any number. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, you know what? I have the Florida pregame up on my screen as well because I know we missed that one, so I read the 27. But yeah, 28 for Willie Nylander. Like, okay, so this is just behind and... Outdated. Well done, ESPN. Trying to screw me on my show. <laughs> okay. So William Nylander with his 28th. Uh, did they not notice this went in at first? Because that's kind of what it looked like on my phone. I didn't have the sound on. No. Oh, sorry, Steph. I don't know if you want to take that. Oh, go um, ahead. Yeah. So the Dallas forward going the other way previously, he kind of lost his footing as he was reaching for the puck and crashed into the net and checked Campbell pretty hard I was actually a little concerned at first and the net came off but immediately as that happened Toronto had possession so good on the ref for actually not blowing it down because if Toronto has possession it doesn't matter if the net's off Toronto went the other way Nylander just walked over the line and just sniped it right away and in and out really really quickly and he knew it was in no one really knew if it was going to be blown down, blown off, or or what was going on. But definitely the right call was made and good on the ref for not panicking and blowing it down because the net was off. Good yeah. on the ref. Don't hear that often on this show. This is something I've never seen before because from my perspective, just watching Campbell go down, the net is loose. Uh, Studenich is in the net on his back. So you would uh, automatically assume that the whistle is going to be blown. Then all of a sudden I blink, open my eyes. Mikheyev brings the puck over the line, drop passes it to Willie for this one timer that goes straight past Wedgewood. And yeah, it was it was confusing because no one knew if it was legal or like what was going on, but it counted and I'm so happy. <laughs> Love it. Um, unfortunately, it didn't last long because uh, what the hell happened on this Tyler Sagan goal? It looked like he was deking around. It falls off his stick and kind of beats Campbell again. Didn't have the sound on and it's on a lovely, nice big screen on my new Pixel 6, but not uh, not ideal for watching the game. Yeah, some people were cursing Hall's name at this point because it was another scenario where Hall kind of didn't have his man on the boards and the puck kind of bounced and it went to Ben and off someone else and just trickled past Campbell. So it, it wasn't a nice goal at all. I completely agree. Hall was partially to blame and I, I don't know if it's because I'm continuously looking for things to criticize him about but he was noticeable in not good ways tonight. Um, but that being said, Campbell kind of pulled a Mrazic on that goal. Lost he his was, post. Yeah, he lost his post. He was Not only was he, did he lose his post in net and was out a little too far, but his angle was also way off. It was like he was playing a shot from the point or just, just a little bit down the half boards. Mm -hmm. Whereas Sagan was right down almost at the goal line, right? So he hadn't adjusted and maybe bit a little too early. Yeah, it was unlucky. Like the, the puck kind of went straight to Sagan and it was a perfect opportunity. If the guy missed it, then <laughs> uh, the whole Dallas fan base would have cursed his name, but uh, definitely not a good one for Campbell because it was one of those goals where, you know, where he dives in front and it still slides right through him and you're like, Argh. but yeah, 
they tied it up pretty quickly. And this period, you know, Dallas, they were kind of chasing the Leafs. Like the Leafs kind of came back and compared to the Florida game anyways, we know that was such a highly fast-paced game. But this game, they kind of settled it down a little and got back to their defensive play. Uh, so um, I did see the hit, just to move this on, uh, Ilya Labushkin on Michael Roffle. Did not, it didn't look good. I mean, I know Labushkin's a big guy, he's throwing the body around, but Roffle went down pretty hard into the boards. Kind of scary. Did he, was he okay? Did he keep playing? I missed that. He did? Okay. Yeah, he was fine. Um, are we okay with this? Just a, he, he kind of turned last second for, from what I saw at least. He has to watch his stick. The thing is, Lube got him on the hands and Raffle immediately took his right hand out of his glove and was shaking it and looking down at it like he really got stung from that. And I, you, you said it earlier, Johnny, this guy is good for one penalty a game, but <laughs> we have to highlight And so was Bunting who also got <laughs> one tonight, just saying. But it's it's important to note the last game Lou played, not against Florida, but the one prior, he actually didn't get a penalty. And I forgot to mention that on our previous podcast. But, oh, boy. Yes. but uh, yeah, just another unfortunate play. And But they couldn't do anything on the power play, which was nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, power kill has been hot as fuck lately. So uh, on to the second. Excusez-moi, I chose to drink, uh, instead of water, I have an orange crush that I grabbed on my way out of work, which is probably not the best idea when you're hosting, but <laughs> here I am. Anyway, so uh, Beaner, I'll let, you, I'll let you take this goal here. What happened? Hit it. Now Matthews with it again to Gio, to Matthews, scores! There it is! There it is! History made! Austin Matthews scores his 55th goal of the season! And the Toronto Maple Leafs have a 2-1 lead, and he celebrates at the bench! Oh, thank you, Joe, for that oh. fantastic call. Miss you, There's Joe. No one better. <laughs> also got a shout out to Harder Ryan Singh was doing the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast tonight and got to call that one on TV. I was unfortunately streaming it and got the uh, away feed. Mm. So not fun. He 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 did a very good job. I'm awesome glad. job. Twitter was applauding him like crazy. They loved him. Um, honestly, I loved listening to him as well. There was no extra little bullshit, like things he was saying. There was no crazy stories. He stuck to the play. He explained what was going on. And from my perspective as the fanalist, I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, I'm glad. So, uh, congrats. I mean, we already talked about it at the beginning of the show here. Congrats to, uh, Austin Matthews on his 55th goal of the season and i would just like to again shout out um espn who put down 46th goal of the season so oh my god wonderful oh boy here he is jumping in in the middle of a show (laughs) your favorite the meme lord the rant master 30 broder you're killing me you're killing me is my audio a little messed up right now no you're good you're good okay all right, all right. Thanks for jumping in. I had to, you know, I, I wasn't going to. I, you know, I kind of bailed. I was feeling a little tired. It's uh, it's the holy month of, of Ramadan. All right. I'm going to say it in my Canadian accent because I don't, I don't want to uh, 
pretend like I have a really good Arabic accent, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard too when you spend a lot of time talking like a hoser like this. It's weird to like switch back into like a you know you're speaking a different language because all of a sudden it's 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 like having three dialects. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's gotta be fun though. I mean, I I love anything voice acting and accents and all that stuff. So that's I mean, as an actor, you must. That must be fun for you now. It is, but sometimes I forget that I can like use different accents and I'm like, man, like in, in person, I'm the most boring individual. Like I, I said, being a character is so much more fun. And speaking of characters, Austin Matthews acting like he just, you know, are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I really enjoyed about that goal too was that 55 was dished from 55. It was assisted from Mark Giordano. So oh, that's like, actually sick. Yeah, yeah. It was just the cherry on top. And on that power play, especially after the Leafs could not convert com- convert on the five on three. Oh, my God. Wedgwood was this flashing the leather like crazy. He was standing on his head and pretty much goaling us the whole game. So once that went in, I was like, yes, finally. Tenth shot of the night, too. Yeah, Matthew's finishing with 12 shots on goal and 27 in his last three games. That's like probably more than some teams have had over those three games or maybe the last two. But holy moly. Thanks. He's on my fantasy team, by the way. Appreciate it. Offsets the awful goals against I got from Campbell tonight because Dallas had like no shots on goal. What was up with Wedgwood, though? What is with these Arizona goalies and just being able to withstand 40 shots like it's nothing yeah he's a three and oh or sorry two and oh before tonight he posted a 958 i believe against carolina so the coach already has lots of trust in this guy he we all know he's um long time friend of tyler sagan they grew up together so this is pretty much a match made in heaven for dallas yeah, and I mean, just speaking of Dallas, interesting that they held on to uh, Klingberg because, mm-hmm. uh, oh my God, he was good tonight. Scored the opening goal of the third period there, five minutes in to tie the game up. And then immediately after that, on the other end, saves a goal from going in. On an, uh, a Wedgwood was on his back, had no chance, but Klingberg is able to clean it up. So man, that would have been a nice grab for anybody. Do you mean Klingberg or the Crypt Keeper? <laughs> Tales from the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> I didn't know if you guys were old enough to remember that. I think Love of him as like the, the pirate from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. That one, You know those two I referred to in an earlier episode going, Paulay. The one that had the fork in his eye? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what he kind of looks like. <laughs> oh, God. This Klingberg goal, though, no one had him. He was yeah, wide open after a whole game of pretty good. Very well defensive play, you know. Klingberg, out of all people, is wide open, just to the right of Campbell. Just perfect feed, and one times it in. It's like, guys, we've been doing so well. Riley Labushkin, too, wasn't it? Um, I'm pretty I sure it was. Oh, because when they showed the replay, Roscoe. I was trying to find. I was trying to find who was on, and when I saw the replay, but it was like, oh, there's a 44 there. Yikes. I'm sure the the, yeah, the listeners he can. It it, yeah, he did. 
the listeners can hear the snarkiness of Roscoe's tone, but they can't see the absolute snark on his face too. Like that's why yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm pretty sure. I'm oh, pretty man. sure. Like Jesus, Ross. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> you mean oh, the smell of it, Riley Labushkin? Yeah, thanks, yeah. Beaner, for backing me up there. Uh, so. Riley, like you said, Steph, makes up for it immediately after. This goal was disgusting, but all, well, a lot of the credit goes to Mitch Marner, who, you know, Bunting comes in over the line, throws it over to Marner, who just, like they said on the broadcast, throws on the brakes. And instead of passing to Matthews, who was covered, and Bunting, who was double teamed, sees Riley going all the way down the corner and feeds it literally corner to corner for Riley, who makes a beautiful wrister. I don't even know how he found this because it wasn't, it was like glove side. He had about the size of the puck to get there and Wedgwood just missed it. Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. Wedgwood was playing really good tonight. So it, the Leafs had a hard time putting anything by him, but Riley, it's just one of those things I said earlier in our group chat that um, they were looking for Matthews way too much before he scored number 55. And I just thought to myself, like if a couple other Leafs score and then they stop thinking about Matthews for two seconds, then the guy's going to get one in. But of yeah, but yeah, Riley, huh? 10th goal of the year, Morgan Riley. ESPN has seven. I'm just really mad that all these <laughs> oh numbers God. are wrong. <laughs> That's so bad. Wow. Yeah. This is frustrating. Anyway, yeah. um, that goal was beautiful, it, and Magic Mitch, all the credit. Magic Mitch. <laughs> the only view from my side, I don't know if you guys were watching the Sportsnet feed, but they showed Riley celebrating through the glass, and all you saw were the patrons with the middle fingers just surrounding <laughs> him and smothering him on, on the screen. You know? And I'm like, Amazing. oh, man. <laughs> that makes Matthew's uh, silly make a lot more sense later on. <laughs> So how are we all watching? Is people watching ESPN? We're watching Sportsnet. We're listening to Joe Bowen. Like, what's the? Do we all? Get I was on Bal- Bali Sports Dallas. I was on Sportsnet. Does anybody Sportsnet. want Johnny's money? Like, come on, let's get this guy. A, let's get this guy a, a feed. All right, like <laughs> guys, between between the things to keep this show going, I'm not getting center ice on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, Until Gary Batman, like, figure out these blackouts. All right, like. Like Johnny, I'm this sure you is... would pay to watch it. Like if it was easier. Yeah. Yeah. It's like $30 a month on top of, I'm not doing that on top of getting this. I'd have to like cancel my entire sports package just to get that. And it's like, then I can't watch anything else. So I'm not, that's just a ridiculous amount of money to not get regional blackout games. So since we watched from different broadcasts or listened, did you guys see the fan behind Wedgwood dressed in green with a huge ass sign that said bang and every time the play was down on the other end he would just try and sight the leafs out like just jump up and like this sign was huge it was probably like five feet long <laughs> and he's just going crazy behind wedgwood trying to psych out the leafs i actually missed that i mean i only caught the third period he's very looney tunes-esque like <laughs> um, and, and the vibrant green that matches the green on the jerseys too Okay, so there's a couple things I want to talk about about this weird-ass arena, so let's finish up the game. Pavelski, I'm so mad I benched him tonight because I was like, he's had a a pretty slow last, I'd say, like, seven games 
and uh, Dallas hasn't been great either. So I'm like, you know what? I'll bench him to play. I think it was this. Uh... Who's that new guy that's been lighting up? Matthew Joseph, I think, on on oh, Ottawa. Ottawa yeah. yeah, I grabbed him and I benched Pavelski. And of course, he gets a goal and an assist tonight. That was a nice tip, though. He's uh, he's got some good hands in front of the net. That guy. Yeah, I'll never forgive him what he did to me in 2019, my first year of uh, Yahoo Fantasy. So uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Sleepy Joe, but I uh, can't wait to retire. But <laughs> he, yes, he Sleepy Joe so, Pavelski is my fantasy burnt team. Me so much money because I, I think I drafted him like pretty high in the first round, and he was like pretty highly rated too, right? So he just I don't know what happened that season, but honestly though, it was a beauty goal tonight, and uh, he gave a little nice. Uh, a kiss on the cheek to his uh one of his fellow teammates Suter. there yeah exactly it was it was a little uh precious uh you know one manly tear i kind of shed even though i was like oh the leaf's getting burnt there but it was cute it was cute all right so cute i loved it i was like this is the ultimate for appreciation right here he just grabbed him kissed him on the neck <laughs> he was like thank you buddy but Man, 11 shots of the third period as well. Like, it was pretty... Well, before the last 30 seconds, too. Like, in total. So, I mean, we got to talk about this, because this is... Not because it's becoming a thing, but, like, what's... Why can't they just... uh, Okay, let me rephrase this. The takeaway I had was that when it became 3-2, to uh, the Leafs in the last, I'd say, three, four minutes were waiting for the goalie to get pulled. They kind of just let off and were like, all right, let's kill the clock until they pull the goalie and go for the empty netter. And it resulted in Pavelski scoring and it's tied and goes to overtime. Like, got to be careful about that. Yeah. Am I <clears> wrong? <throat> like, no, or was that just, you know, because Dallas was all over them for the last five minutes of the game. Yeah. they're they're fighting for their playoff lives they're like they're well it's so close in the west as well and speaking of the west this is our final game of the year against the western conference team fun fact but um i don't know it's just one little mistake and it'll burn you and this is the time to really clean that up because we saw in the during the florida game any little mistake and it just goes completely the other way and the Leafs have been burning other teams all season long when they made mistakes, but now they just have to go full 60, like we've been saying over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. Just That's all it is. Just clean up a couple of these mistakes in the last, uh, what is it, 15 games they've got or 14 now? So uh, I think going it into OT... too, like we understand that some of these games are equivalent to like garbage time, right? Like, like you know, for them, like seeing what Keith has been doing with uh, with, you know, a lot of people didn't like uh, the suggestion of uh, Muzzin Hall, you know, being yeah. brought up more. You know, I've heard that so many times in the Dangle podcast, which I just started listening to. So obviously people are trying to write off some of these games. But at the same time, like as, as a Leafs fan, you still want them to take it seriously because like it sucks to be burnt. Right. Like it's just it's not fun, regardless of whether these are experimental games. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I think. Uh, one point, just because you mentioned them, that the Dangle podcast has made is it's nice to try out and know that these things don't work before the playoffs instead of during the playoffs. Like, try out Muzzin and All one more time now that he's healthy-ish. 
and make sure that it actually doesn't work even after all this rest. <laughs> Regardless you of whether go, we okay. want to see it or not, you know. Okay, you know what? Because as much as it is garbage time, the Leafs are still jockeying for a position here. Like, the games do matter to them. But how many times do you really have to test it out after countless and countless efforts that have failed this year? I know. I think they were just trying to give some credit to the fact that Muzzin was hurt through a lot of that, and now that he's had so much time off that maybe everything had recovered a little more but like yeah it's it's not enough because some people have been able to bring hall up but like i just i don't think muzzin's really up to the game that he was at even beginning of this year end of last year like i think he's really starting to unfortunately his body's just deteriorating because of all these injuries it's unfortunate but you know i don't know what's going to happen with him in the offseason it'll be interesting to see especially with he's the price tag. hard style of hockey for a long time no kidding i mean compare him i'm not saying defensively but like to like a dion Phaneuf type where he i mean he retired pretty early too didn't he yeah because well, no one would sign him well that's true but he was still pretty uh pretty broken from throwing himself around so much anyway uh despite dallas controlling the puck in the leaves end for the first i don't know two minutes two plus minutes of uh of ot there oh my god matthews just this is a highlight reel of the month for sure through mm. all three players and the goalie. Just fucking beautiful. This guy's insane. Yeah. He just took matters into his own hands at that point and just said, fuck it. Like I'm going in. This is my turn. And we're ending this right now, guys. And I'm so glad he made that decision because it clearly worked out. And I was scared going into this overtime simply because of Wedgwood and the way he's been playing. And I knew that you had to deceive him in some way. You had to be deceptive or pull off a one-timer or a tip. Like, it didn't feel like a straight shot would go in. But he was able to go around Wedgwood and slip it in. And, yeah, beauty. So nice after that OT loss against Florida. Seeing him do something like that just kind of makes you think, how much did it burn his ass that in his... (laughs) Four goal rookie game, they still lost. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the team, Austin. Sorry your party sucked. <laughs> Wasn't that to Craig Anderson too? Yeah. Who I hope he scores. That's my point I wanted to make for the past two goddamn episodes. I hope he gets his 60th against Craig fucking Anderson and we win. But you know what? He will get his 60th against Craig fucking Anderson and we will lose because that is just how it's supposed to happen in our history book. Am I wrong? Like, <laughs> Did you see his primary assist the other night? Stretch pass all the way to center. Insane. Beautiful. Ottawa's been uh, doing well even though they're eliminated. Which. Sorry, Steph, you have something before I move on? Yes. Um, since we're still on the leaves, I just want to ask you guys, who do you think threw the most hits tonight? Without looking. Ooh. Um, I'm going to say, I, just before I do answer, Mitch Marner threw a beautiful one. And I was like, okay. hey, Mitch, let's go. But, He's been noticeable. Uh, he has been. I mean, also the fact that every time he gets the puck, he just like doesn't lose it. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, so the question, uh, who threw the most hits? I'm going to say... Bunting or Labushkin? Okay. Beaner? Um, I don't know if any of them got classified as a hit, but I was noticing Engvall be really physical tonight, but I don't know if they would have been classified as actual hits. 
darty want to guess? I'm throwing this right off the dartboard, so just you can. You, I know I'm wrong, but just because he looks so cheeky out there was uh, um, was Geo. Well, um, I'm very happy to say that Marner led all Leafs with six hits tonight. No way! Oh, I should have yes. gone with my gut. Damn it! Woo! I'm so stupid. Yes. <laughs> little, That's little awesome. Flair. Woo! Oh, Woo! Love it. Love it. Yes. Um, I know he's been noticeable and just from my previous statement, obviously he's noticeable on the ice, but I mean physically and on both sides of the puck, this guy is an absolute maniac. Same with Matthews. Like this puck is like had magnetic strips on it or something that it just stuck to his blade the entire night. It's like the deeks he was pulling off was like, oh, and it's his ability. His ability to, when it seems like the Leafs are starting to lose control of the puck a lot or, like, passes aren't being made, he can just slow the game right down. Like, he grabs control of it. And, like, I mean, we made criticisms of this earlier on because the Leafs were, you know, high intensity and scoring six goals a game. I mean, they are scoring six goals a game right now, but he's part of that. Before, he was kind of, you know, skating around, installing things out and didn't know what to do with it. Now he's really put the game together and uses it properly to just catch the other team you know when they have the jump just all right no let's let's slow this down our game now our game now okay everyone's in let's go let's start the rush it's great his hockey iq has just like at the age that he's at he's only going to get better and that's just crazy to think about with both of them another fun fact while we're still on marner sorry guys he leads the nhl for most points since the start of 2022 and matthews oh, is number two right behind him oh my god yes doesn't minor have like 67 or 68 points in 33 or 34 games or something like that something ridiculous like that and it's it's more than double at this point because the last stat it was from a couple games ago that I have and you have to add at least like eight points to that by now, you know what I mean? But um <clears throat> also Leafs Better legend, than Leon and Connor. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, in shut the brighter frick up Craig Button. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh just to let you guys know, Leafs legend uh, Harry Sateri or Satiri. <laughs> Is currently losing to the Vancouver Canucks 5-1. Oh, no. In his debut. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, worse TikTok of 2021. Okay. You know what? That's a good transition. So speaking of oh, no, we're going to talk about all the teams that are eliminated from the playoffs. So that is in the East, Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal. Philadelphia, New Jersey, and in the West, Arizona and Seattle. So I'm curious what you guys think of who of those teams will not be in the same position next year. So either fighting for or in a playoff spot. And let's start with the West because there's only two of them, uh, Arizona and Seattle. Do we think either are going to be in a position where they're fighting for a playoff spot? Who wants to start this off? No, 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 no. No, 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 Yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> I, I know uh, Seattle's going to have a completely different team next year. I mean, they have about a thousand draft picks and uh, no one left on the roster. But uh, unless they have some sort of miracle happen in their way and same with Arizona, <laughs> I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't see Arizona icing a decent team next year. They're in the same position with a lot of draft picks, but they're probably just going to trade them away for shit contracts that will help them reach the cap floor <laughs> and keep playing Jay Beagle, who's going to score with one goal next season too. Um, Seattle, eh, they, I mean, by stroke of luck with whatever, like they're not trying to lose, you know, like they want to win. So they could make some moves that <laughs> uh, considering, Shout out con- tonight. considering how they how they drafted. I don't know if we can say that they weren't trying to lose. I don't know. I think that was more of a mistake than uh, actually trying to lose. Like we would say about the Arizona Coyotes. Um, Seattle, I think they might actually. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be good, but I don't think they're going to come in last next year. They should definitely have some some offensive punch come in too, especially if you get their uh, first ever pick, Maddie Beniers, if he comes out of college, right? So Michigan just got eliminated, so he might uh, he might step in and play for them soon. I love that you know these things. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> yeah, uh, Seattle shut out uh, Chicago today, two nothing. Um, obviously, they have the goaltending. Uh, it hasn't held up this year. But the resume is there. Um, we'll see. Honestly, it, I I have high hopes for them, and I love this new team. I love their new jerseys. Did you guys see the new pride jerseys? It was completely different than your regular rainbow. It was like um, so colorful and um, representing the trans flag, I think. But you would never know because it's so differently designed. But anyway, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, actually, that reminds me. I want to talk about jerseys. Well, before we talk, go to the Eastern Conference, Dallas's arena was interesting. Um, it doesn't matter what broadcast you watched it on. Those jerseys are just the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. I don't get it. I don't understand why they make them glow in the dark green on black. Like, am they I wrong? Like the, Is this not the hideous? custom jerseys I would make in EA NHL games whenever I made my own team? <laughs> yeah, like it's an MS Paint color wheel jersey. <laughs> yeah not gonna lie in the beginning of the game my girlfriend walked by and just looked at the tv and was like what is that <laughs> like, okay this is dallas she was like they always wear these jerseys i've never seen this before i'm like yeah this is a thing <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny you say that because i had it on my phone at work and everybody who walked by was like wait who the hell are they playing whose jerseys are those <laughs> what I got what local Cumberland team are they playing against and what Durham Region Junior team are they playing against? So Bug juice that's Excelsior's. the vibe you that's the vibe your jerseys give off, Dallas. Congratulations. The only thing yeah, I is thing. Victor E. Green. All right. Oh, <laughs> the other thing I wanna I wanna mention is not only did they sing Living on a Prayer, but why is all the small things becoming like this? cult thing in hockey arenas in the states where they like play it and they stop it and the fans keep it going like because why all we're all getting things? old yeah but like because <laughs> we're all just watching waiting and commiserating johnny <laughs> like i guess that's the age group of people that are there now that's just so it's so weird to me you know like is that our is that classic rock now oh yeah. good god say it ain't so <laughs> I will not go. <laughs> not if they're wearing those god awful green uniforms. Oh man. It's like turn the lights off, you'll still see Dallas's uniforms because they glow in the dark. <laughs> but 
at the end of this year, I want to be singing all the trophies. <laughs> yes. Uh, Come on now. But I think the dad jokes are wearing off on you. <laughs> Speaking of wearing, do you yeah. not notice? So <laughs> okay. fans, you're listening, but uh, us, we can all see that I'm pretty sure the fanalists and I are wearing the same sweater. <laughs> Oh my god, you are. We're wearing we literally the, same. the exact same well, kinda, sweater. Kinda. Yeah. The sock it's sweater. Like the, yeah, it's that gray sock monkey thing with like the red and white sleeves. Like you literally have the same sweater on. That's hilarious. I have one in uh light gray and charcoal gray. Do you? I just have this one in the I, I guess it, the, there's a difference, right? There's like there's salt and pepper, and then there's pepper and salt, right? I'm pretty sure this is the the salt and pepper, but I could be wrong. <laughs> there's I'm, lots of salt in this one. I was going to be pretty pepper. salty if uh, the least lost tonight, but, you know, Poppy just, uh, he did that little uh, roundabout and uh, faced, the, faced the audience and gave him a little, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, also speaking of salty, let's move on to the Metropolitan Division eliminated teams, which are Philadelphia and New Jersey. Jersey. Um, yeah, Jersey could be decent next year philly needs to figure out what's going on i mean they traded Giroux. they're probably going to move somebody else in the offseason they're kind of rebuilding but chuck fletcher is probably the worst gm in the league right now so i don't see them making any i mean jim benning's gone so i think chuck fletcher is the worst now i just so... don't think anybody could get worse than the blackhawks this season and then you know philly was like hey hold my beer you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they don't play like the broad street bullies that they should they're, they're not anymore. Yeah. The only thing about Philly is when you have a prospect like Hart. Now, as I mentioned a couple episodes ago, they potentially may have ruined him. Oh, yeah. Because they are turning into a worse goalie graveyard than the Leafs used to be. Um, if, if, if you have someone with his potential and his ceiling he could come in and, and turn them at least respectable so they're not a cellar dweller. I mean, he could pull like Carey Price and just carry them all the way through the season and <laughs> carry Price them all the way through the season. And, uh, mm. you know, it doesn't matter who's in front of him. I think a but big they still problem... need to figure a lot of shit out. Who's this, Carter Shart? Carter Shart, yeah. <laughs> but go ahead, oh. Steph. Uh, big problem with Philly this year, too, was that they were missing their best player all year long, uh, Sean Couturier. He's been on LTIR the entire season, and I definitely know that because he was one of my latest draft picks. He was supposed to be a sneaky pick, but then he didn't play. Sneaky picks. So, and... <laughs> sneaky picks <laughs> but, from Steph. <laughs> yeah, but um, I really do like that they picked up Owen Tippett from Florida. That is a huge depth signing. Um well, for the trade deadline, that's huge for them, especially after losing Giroux. But um, it'll be interesting in the future to see how they fill those gaps because, I mean, they did sign Ristolainen for longer and they are, it seems mm, like the back end is a little iffy, right? Like Povarov hasn't been playing up to his standard and the team's yeah, just Yeah, I know I drafted down. him. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you drafted the wrong flyer. No. Yep. But they did win tonight, 4-1 against the Blue Jackets. But and you bring up an interesting point with Tippett, though, and it's that at this point of the season, a lot of the things we're talking about is the teams that bought 
and not the players that were sold. And I think they kind of get forgotten until the next season. So it's, you know, Owen Tippett is on Philadelphia. That's something that I kind of forgot about. You know, I knew around the trade deadline, but then it just kind of gone. Let's focus on the playoffs. Yeah, I think he's going to be an impactful impactful player, kind of like Vetrano with the New York Rangers right now. Another guy from Florida who has been killing it on his new team. So, yeah, fair enough. Um, Tippett, who basically looks like Gritty's grandson. (laughs) Yeah, a little generic. I know, sorry, I'm going to rewind a bit to the Western Conference. Chicago is not mathematically eliminated, but they will be by like the next game they play. So they are um, eliminated. It's yeah. on my thing. It says they're not. So ESPN. Get off. Sucks. We, ESPN we have, we have right already now. established that ESPN does not deserve to be giving stats on the NHL. No, no. It's yeah. just the site I had open. Damn it. Okay. They got eliminated so, April 5th. Yeah. I don't think Chicago's going to do anything next year at this rate. I think they're, they're going to full rebuild mode and Kane and Taves might not even be there next year at this rate. So not them. Uh, Back to the East though. So that's the metropolitan over to the Atlantics, Montreal, Ottawa, and Buffalo and Detroit. I'm yeah. We'll say Detroit because they're not going to make it. Can I say one thing? about New Jersey before we move on. I yeah. just want to say that I had high hopes for this team before the season started. I mean, they signed Dougie Hamilton. They had P.K. Subban back there. Um, they signed Jack Hughes. They they have all of the Gen Z up front that is the new generation of this hockey league, you know? And on paper, they're pretty decent. Like, Jasper Brett had a breakout season, and he's been amazing. And of course, we can't handle that Dougie broke his jaw halfway through the season, but we had higher hopes for this team. And I guess the only thing that was really talked about this year for me was those damn jerseys, the Jersey jerseys. <laughs> but other than that, it's just kind of been a dud. But I think they yeah, were having goalie them. issues, right? Like, cause like Wedgwood's playing yeah. for, uh, for Dallas right now, but like, yeah. like maybe that was a huge bonehead decision on, on, New Jersey's part, right? Because they had the Wood Brothers at the beginning of the season <laughs> at uh, <laughs> Blackwood and Wedgwood. And then I don't know. I said I do follow Jersey a little bit, but I was like, all of a sudden they didn't. And then they, they have Rhymer or who do they have? Uh, or is it Bernier? I can't, I can't get them. I get them mixed up because they're both on the right. race, right? <laughs> yeah. So Originally I think that, they had Bernier with Blackwood. Okay. So it's Bernier. There you go. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, I guess they made a bad gamble on, on their goaltenders. Like, who, who does that, right, in this league? making a gamble on goaltenders <laughs> definitely not the leaves <laughs> uh and isn't hughes hurt now is that did i not see yeah that? he is he's out yeah. for the rest of the season i think but i would compare them to kind of like where anaheim's at like where you're saying with the gen z up front you know you've got terry milano and zegris like it's the the future is bright also shout out to anaheim for uh ryan Geslav announcing his retirement after uh was 17 seasons i think yeah. So that's hey, Corey Perry lasted longer, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I find it kind of funny that Perry decided to leave and kind of go on the cup hunt team jumping and Getzlav was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Getzlav was a captain. He had that that extra responsibility, right? That That's fair. Probably that extra little pride. I don't think um 
Corey Perry, if you say that name, anybody thinks of the word pride? No, definitely they not. Probably more so think of Punish someone me. that they <laughs> want to punch. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so Atlantic Division. Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal. I think all three of them have the potential to not be in this position next year. Um, but holy shit, this division is tough. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and say Buffalo is going to be in contention next year. At the Not for the cup, but for the playoffs at the expense of Boston. Okay. If, if you look at not only the roster they have, so Alex Tuck came over from Vegas in the Eichel trade. He's great. He's a New York boy, so he's, he's from the area, loves the team. Potential next captain. You have Victor Golifson. <laughs> My favorite. Who they still need to re-sign, but I'm sure they'll get it done. You have Anders Bjork, Tage Thompson, who is just a beast. Scored again. I've got him on yep. my fantasy team. Skinner's been reignited finally. Vinny Henestrosa, Dylan Cousins. I love that kid. Peyton Krebs came over in the Eichel deal. Not to mention Darlene on the back end, who's actually starting to look like a first overall pick. Um, then the, the biggest issue with them is goaltending. Now, they're not getting Devin Levi because he isn't, he has rejected a entry-level contract from them and told them he's returning to Northeastern next year. But down on their farm team, they have probably the current best name in the league. Who Owen is? Power? Uka Pekka Lukanen. Oh, yes. Uka Pekka yes, Lukanen. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out. We so, miss you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry. His, 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 no, it's all good. His stats down there aren't, aren't the greatest right now, but we've all seen it before that a, a goalie can sometimes play better in the NHL than in the OHL just for a variety of different reasons. And all that's being said, we're not even mentioning Owen Powers. That Steph said a couple seconds ago, like, he's probably going to come in and be the number one defenseman on the team, even with Darlene there. The kid is a beast. Yep. He is definitely the next generational talent coming right up. I honestly thought he was going to play this year. Um, I was shocked to see that he didn't stick in the lineup or anything like that. But it's funny you mention this goalie. I don't even want to try and pronounce his name right now. I'm so tired. But we were bouncing with this guy in fantasy because he had such a hot streak at one point in the season last year. Or I don't even remember at this point, Johnny. Was it last year or the year before in fantasy? Like he was such a steal. Wasn't it earlier this season? COVID is such a blur, man. I don't know. I know. I I remember Jesse Blake picked him up in his uh, rebuild of the well, not rebuild, but like trying to win the cup with. Oh, who was he? Buffalo Sabres, and he he had him as his goalie and ended up winning the cup, like in 2025 or something. Wow. Just call him UPL, Steph. UPL. Deal. (laughs) Uko Pekka Lukanen is my favorite name ever. Okay, so I agree. Buffalo is definitely going to be good next year, and Boston's definitely on their way down. The one that's in fifth place, though, Detroit, I think they're dropping to the bottom of this division. They are falling apart, and I think taking their place, fighting for that last spot, is going to be Ottawa. Tim Stutzla just scored his 30th goal 
and he's the first senator in a decade to score 30 goals in a season. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fun. I, and this, I'm going to just hijack this for two seconds from the Dangle podcast. Do you guys know who the last two 30 goal scorers were 10 years ago for Ottawa? <laughs> Heatley and Spezza? It wasn't Heatley. It wasn't Heatley. I don't think it was Spezza either. Alfredson? Nope. Give up. It was, wasn't it like one former Leaf, like, and then, uh, and then Alfredson? <laughs> You're close, Darty. Um, two future Leafs. Future Leafs. There you go. Jason Spezza and Milan McCulloch. It was Spezza. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who scored thirty-four and thirty-five goals that season? How funny want, is that? I just want to interject that I think. Beaner and Steph are are wrong. I think the Sabres are a fraud and they will not be anywhere close to where you think they are, regardless of whether Tage Thompson or Alex, uh, or is it, is it Alex Tuck is it, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. does well. I think they're still going to be at the bottom because I don't think it's all Jack Eichel as much as I think that he he's a kind of a, a he seems like he's turning out to be more of a douche than a, a hero. I think the Sabres organization has a lot to work on and they will have tendy problems and Darlene's not going to save them and uh, I think the Senators have a much better chance at moving up just because it seems like they're slowly kind of figuring things out like I don't know the Canadians I'm like yeah. I'm still kind of worried about but Colt you know Gold Caulfield like he's looking like he's having a, a huge turnaround from where he was at the beginning of the season but I, I think that Sabres franchise is, is still going to be a fraud next year because I think the organization itself has not built it yeah, definitely got to give credit to what Ottawa's put together. I mean, they've got Batherson, Stutzla, uh, Kachuk, Norris. I mean, they've got Forsberg and Nett. And who's the other goalie they locked down? Murray. Well, they've got Murray. Yeah, he's not a goal. He's not an NHL goalie though. Who's the other one? <laughs> Forsberg and no, but they have another good backup though, don't they? Um, anyway they've got solid goaltending yeah the sends have another goal is it sends with juicy soros or something is that right now they have anton forsberg and matt juicy soros preds it was the predators okay okay so anyway um i think the only thing that ottawa needs to really figure out is you know get one defensive piece because thomas shabbat's pretty good but i think they need another piece or two to shore up the defense and they're they're going to be right that's why i say fifth place i don't think they're right there yet but they're on their way back up in the standings yeah they were really smart to keep forsberg this guy's been holding down the net for them uh he's been posting over 920 save percentages uh he's been helping me in fantasy alone so yeah smart play and also reports that uh, though the family's been dealing with everything privately, we don't know a ton that's going on. Uh, did hear that the talks to move the team to Le Breton Flats are back open. Hmm. So yeah. as an Ottawa resident, I am quite happy. What are these Le Breton uh, Flats? I'm actually going to the game so much next weekend with Sethi. Makes it sound like you guys live out okay. in the so like in the in in the country, like you know, like desert area. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I should explain. People always just kind of talk about it as though everybody assumes they know what it is. Okay. So if you've ever been to Ottawa near the war museum, there's this giant, it's right downtown along the water. Uh, we've got Quebec right across the bridge. I'd say it's probably two or three minutes down the road from Parliament Hill. So you're right downtown. And uh, there's this big stretch of land that is undeveloped 
there's absolutely nothing there right now. And it, there's been a lot of projects proposed there and nothing's really come to fruition yet, but now something's finally been approved. Um, and they're kind of in the early stages of planning what's going to be there. Uh, but a stadium kind of like what Detroit built where there's like a whole hub of, the, of like restaurants and shops around it. And it's, I think underground is part of the plan. I don't know what it's going to be in the, when it actually gets built, but you know, concept art, that's what it is. But Le Breton Flats is where uh, Blues Fest happens if you've ever been here. So it's conveniently a place where you can set up like eight stages downtown Ottawa and, uh, you know, have a bunch of artists playing. So nice. they'll have to find a new place to do that once mm-hmm. this is built. Or maybe they build a concert center into it and they can still do Blues Fest there. But yeah, that's Le Breton Flats. Because currently Canada oh. uh, is about a 20. I mean, I'm already on the, the west end towards Canada and it's still like a 20 something minute drive for me to get there. So I think we're the first podcast to actually explain what that area is and not just refer to it by name and then, you know, not give any context to like what kind of industrial area you're working with. Like, (laughs) you're welcome, everybody. Thanks for making me do that, Tony. So they uh, also further to that, Ottawa kind of already has something like this downtown. It's called um, Lansdowne. It's where the, um, what are the Red Blacks and the, What's the CFL team? The uh, the Fury, or they're not CFL. I think there's something else under it. The um, Canadian Premier League. Canadian Premier League, soccer? yeah, the Ottawa, Ottawa Fury soccer team. They play there. There's also um, concerts there. Uh, underneath the one side of the stands is where the Ottawa 67s play, and they also do comedy shows and concerts down there. So, hmm. on the main level, there's like it's a bunch of stone like brick stone streets, and there's patios for all these restaurants. There's a, a cineplex. There's like fast food, mid-level, there's high-end dining, there's a winner's, there's breakfast places. Like it's, it was built to be an entertainment hub and somehow the senators didn't get in on it. Like it's insane. You sold so me on the Breton Flats, right? right? It's, it's like two floors too. It's great. <laughs> um, but Le Breton Flats is kind of version two of this. And I'm, I'm glad that the sense are going to get in on a kind of more modern version of what's already done here. Anyway, Ottawa lesson for everybody who doesn't live here. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I drove through Ottawa the other time, like like not like very recently. I think it was in September, and like all you folks complain again. Like I'm a driver, all right. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe you guys take public transport, but like it's like oh yeah, it's like oh you folks complain about how far away the stadium is. I'm like, boo hoo! It's not that far. <laughs> Just <laughs> take a cab. <laughs> like really, Sorry. in context of like you know getting across Toronto, it's not that far, but. It's just the idea that it's not in what is considered Ottawa is kind of ridiculous. Like the amount of the, the population difference, like if you were just move it downtown, like 80% of the population of Ottawa and your fans can get to it so much easier. So like, why wouldn't you do that? It's a, surrounded by like, not only that, but there's, there's nowhere to walk to, to go out for dinner or anything around it. Like it's parking lots on one side and the other side is car dealerships. And then a gas station. So there's literally nothing there. Like you can't walk to or from the game. And like that's the whole thing with Toronto is you can go have a drink and have food like we did when we went and get an Airbnb right next door and walk in. You can't do that in Ottawa. I just like yeah. me as a member of, uh, you know, the greater Toronto area and uh, Leafs Nation and who has sat <laughs> on the on the top of my car on the junction between the DVP and the 401. I just like I just go. 
get get to your games you suckers all right because like <laughs> i go also I'll, I'll be doing that exact same thing sitting in in traffic you know living and dying on the 401 and then miraculously somehow make it 15 minutes after the Leafs game but then not be able to find parking so i'm like okay i'm gonna spend another 15 <laughs> minutes you know <laughs> and thankfully that's oh, why i'm glad the games 30. don't start on time because like if they yeah. did i wouldn't be able and to catch the whole game it takes approximately two hours to get to toronto from toronto <laughs> yeah luckily ottawa doesn't have that problem but it's it's more just like i said you know nobody else gets to benefit off of where the arena is like no other restaurants or hotels or anything get to really profit off of what's there and that's not good for the economy of the town like if you want to pitch things you know, the city's going to pay for half of, you know, a new arena or something. People aren't going to be happy about that if nobody else can benefit off of it. Like it's, it all, it goes both ways when you run something like that in the city. I get your point, Darty. I'm a driver as well. And I spent a lot of time on the road and yeah, a little 20 minute drive. Like I, I went to high school in Toronto. I grew up in Toronto. So taking a two buses and a subway to go to high school was my norm. Like, and I told people out where I live now in Durham region, like, oh yeah, I had to take the subway and the TTC to school and they can't believe me. They, they got dropped from the school bus straight to school. (laughs) My mom drove me. See, your mommy drove you. So like, it didn't work like that in Toronto. Like I had friends who lived all over the place. We'd have to mission all over the city just to hang out. So I, I get what you mean, but I also get the whole entertainment thing. Like no food nowhere to chill you know yeah, watch the game like come on guys I, I i understand i just wanted to razz johnny a little bit yeah. right? just- <laughs> <laughs> no because on the surface yes like the the drive if you just put it down to kilometers and minutes it's nothing compared to if you live anywhere in toronto and are trying to get downtown for a game like it's it's not comparable but it's the fact that there's nothing around and everybody who's a fan has to drive to get there. Like no one can walk to the stadium except for maybe 40 people that live like a block away. Yeah. You guys were saying you had to take buses and stuff and that kind of sucks, especially if you're drinking and you want to have a good time going to the game. You don't have to worry about like the ride back or whatever. So yeah, because when you come out, there's like a lineup of 40 buses and everybody's trying to pile onto them. And if you don't catch them in the 20 minutes after the game, you're stranded out there and have to take a $90 Uber back into the city. Like, it sucks. Oh, damn. See, this is what it's like living in Ottawa, guys. This is why the rest of the league doesn't understand it. I'm not even an Ottawa Senators fan. I'm a Leaf fan who wants to go to the four games or two games a season there that I can go to. <laughs> Yeah. For $120. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's the plus side of all that. See, and we get to take over the arena too. It's really fun. The ratio is like, I don't know, 85 to 15 right now, especially with how the Sens have been playing. But I do have to shout out the Florida Panthers because when I was at a game in 2019, um, they had, like, on the Jumbotron, they were searching for a Panthers jersey. And when they found one, they had to zoom all the way in on the two people that were sitting together in them. They couldn't find a section of them because there were so many Leaf fans there because it was in like March. But now it's all Panthers jerseys in there and it was they were drowning the Leaf fans out. So I got to give them credit. They really turned it around quick there. 
I used to call them the giant tiger panthers because like there'd always be like that, that one kid who got like a nice brand new Panthers jersey in school. And it's because it was like five bucks at like giant tiger or something. <laughs> you want a Leafs jersey as a kid, you got to fork out 120 bucks or something. Like, I guess whatever, whatever the uh, inflation inflationary amount of money that is relevant to like, I guess the nineties or eighties or, you know, I guess the fifties for being, I don't know. <laughs> you know the fans love to chase history like the florida florida's breaking all sorts of records this year just like the leafs uh they already broke the most wins in their franchise seat or record in general and then huberto made 100 points uh when they faced the leafs and all of these things that just makes it way more entertaining to be a hockey fan yeah and like i tweeted of course the leafs most historic season is at the same time as the Florida Panthers most historic season two teams who historically cannot make it out of the first round so this should be a fun first round because uh one of them's probably not going to make it out of it (laughs) spoiler uh it might be Florida we hope I hope okay um we are at our hour mark I did have something else I want to cover but we'll save it for Saturday because it is a pretty big discussion um, anything anyone wants to close with before I sign us off here? Did anybody see Carolina's weird, in my opinion, garbage new look with the black pants and the red jerseys? No, I didn't. But what? I yeah, like normally it's it's red on red. Tonight they were wearing black pants with their home red jerseys. It looked like a house league game. Oh. Just, I don't know if it's just me, but I thought it was. I thought it looked really bad. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm oh yeah. Now. There. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks very like I don't know, like Team Canada jerseys almost. Like my beer league. <laughs> that's your that's your uniform, Bean, right? Oh the yeah, black true. and red. Pretty near. Oh shit! It is too. It's got the Superman style with the different uh, different undies. <laughs> also, shout out to Carolina who put an X in front of their name on Twitter because that's just the kind of Twitter account they run <laughs> for clinching yeah. the playoff spot. But seven out of eight points on the road on this road trip against honestly monster teams. I was super upset after the Florida loss, but hey. It, I, you know what? It was probably good that we didn't record that night. I would have said some pretty crazy things, but yeah. I mean, we've been on for an hour. We didn't even talk about the game. I was um, say, I probably but, didn't record that night. Jesus. Yeah, I kind of did too. I mean, we did the back to back. What about Keith afterwards? Like, it, it, did anybody catch his interview? Yeah, yeah, didn't he just say like, you know, it's fine. We we had some good good points in the game, like. We he did hated some good the things. PK. Yeah, like he he commented on penalty, like the Clifford penalty and stuff like that. But then uh, I liked the way he ended it. Just quote this last little stretch we've been on, where we played Florida at home, Boston on the road, Tampa last night, play Florida here. To me, I was looking to come out of this segment of the schedule with a sense of where we're at as a team, and whether we can compete with the very best in our division. And the answer is unequivocally yes. That's all I'm going to take out of this. End quote. Yeah. And one thing to note, too, was that only two of their seven goals were even strength. So this game was just 
hell of a crazy, crazy, crazy game. That's why I said to you guys, like, crazy, we got to rewatch this game <laughs> because, it, like, my notes alone for this game were <laughs> so, so long. We probably need a whole episode game. for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was I was at work and it was 5-1. I get in my car, it's 5-2. I get home and I'm like, guys, what the hell's going on? Why is it 5-4? <laughs> why is it 5-5? Five, five? What's happening? <laughs> I know. That was very hard to come home to. It was 5-1. I mean, okay, we saw the 5-1 game against Ottawa. That was just like, okay, it's Ottawa, whatever. This was like, oh shit, Florida can score a lot of goals the same way the Leafs do. This is a very evenly matched game. Yeah, I know. I guess I was just so upset because the the emotional roller coaster of going up to those five oh God, goals yeah. against a team like Florida, who's supposed to be the elitist of the elite, you know, and all the categories like Tampa and Toronto was just so scoring those goals so easily, you know, like it, it seemed like they were playing um, like a Montreal caliber type team. And then all of a sudden, bam, they just came back in the second and third and, that's when it just went downhill but we just can't forget yeah. forget that that's their barn right like and if i'm looking it looks like it was pretty packed for oh, a yeah. florida panthers barn right so like you know it's if this was a leafs home game like it's I, this hopefully we don't lose this way right but it's 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 a panthers home game all right like i would expect any team worth their salt to, to come back and and kick butt all right and uh of course don't want it to happen against our leafs but uh it's not like they're any slouches, considering they're. Uh, are, I think they have the most wins. They're the, they're the number one, right? They have the they're yeah. the number one team in the league, right? Regardless of what we think of the Florida Panthers, right? Because I, I said sometimes we kind of think of them as like, you know, <laughs> the Florida mm-hmm. Tiger Cats, right? Like they're just, <laughs> we just get so used to you know thinking of them always being a bottom feeder, but they are not. They have some great, you know, they got Hubie Doobie Doo, they got uh, they got good ass, they got a lot of good guys out there, so. <laughs> Radko Gudis, whose name sounds exactly like he looks, you know. <laughs> and guess and what? How he plays. Florida has three out of four <laughs> of the top picks in the 2014 draft. They have the number one overall pick in uh, Ek- Ekblad. They have number two in Reinhardt and number four in Sam Bennett. Oh my god! So those players aren't even Hubie Dooby Doo or Barkov or you know all these other guys. It's like this team is stacked, and we didn't even see Ekblad play yet. So yeah, it's I, I know the first game we said we wanted to see Florida in the first round. Now I'm just thinking like, mm. well, let's get Tampa. Thanks. I had a question for the night actually. Austin. Are we? Here's my last question. Okay, so because first. So it's two questions. First, did Willie not get a uh, a goal on the PP? As I, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I meant I mentioned that you know, Willie's Willie's been big on the on uh, on the PP, and yes. uh, big Willie. But that then begs the question to uh, force uh, an old saying that is wrongly used all the time. Uh, are we done with chirping William Nylander? Like, can we? Are we off that train, or like, does somebody have you know? something to enlighten me as to why he still needs to continue working on his on his game. No, I'm good. I I'm think with I think with how he's been playing since he was pulled off of Tavares's line, I think everybody can kind of lay off a little bit. Yeah. Cuz I don't know if it's being with fellow countrymen Engvall cuz they're both Swedish <laughs> or or what it is, but they've 
Willie's been playing really well. And did did anybody catch Keith's reaction on the bench after that goal was scored? Yeah. <laughs> just this this big shit eating grin on his face, yes. looking over at at Willie and just that was a nice fucking shot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what about Austin Silly though, where he just went across the glass, just like waving the hands, give it to me, come on, come on, straight face, just across all the Dallas fans that flipped off Riley. Mm. It's just awesome. And did we give a shout out so, to Harner Ryan uh, Singh for his uh, great commentary tonight? We did. We did. Yep, before we did before on. you stepped on. There's calls on Twitter for him to be the full-time Leafs commentator now. Amazing. I love that. Uh, also got a shout out. This is the highest scoring season in the NHL in 26 seasons. Oh my God. Dang. That just kind of goes on my point that like there's not really that good of goaltending anywhere this year. Like every team has struggled. Every team has gotten down to like their fifth string goaltender at some point this year like everyone's been on the other end of injuries and just kind of off bad years for some goalies too so Leafs are 33 1 and 3 when leading after two periods can anyone here name a player that was playing 26 years ago it's those three that were like they really shouldn't have been losses though but go ahead what's that darty Said, can anyone here name a player who was playing exactly twenty six years ago? Exactly. Was it Chara? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so what, te- what team do you want? Come on! I just wanted to hear Beaner because I know he. I knew he'd have a name. I knew he ha- knew he'd have an answer. Twenty six years ago, so it was twenty twenty two. So we're looking at mid nineties. Let's go. So Dan Chara, Gilmore. <laughs> Easy one. Yager. Chelios, Timu Solani. I'm going with guys that played it while I was still alive, too. They were like 45. I always liked Adam Oates. Oates was good. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good night, everybody. It's been Leafs Late Night. We'll be back on Saturday with Montreal game, hopefully celebrating Austin Matthews 50 in 50. Asterix, but no asterisks because we love you. Have a good night. Matthew's Nice Watch begins. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Now with less clicks for Southie.